Good morning. Thank you, Jesus, Father God. Thank you, Lord, for help and protection. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your kindness, your generosity, your goodness, your mercy, your patience with us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, Son of God, for dying on the cross for us, for taking the hits, for paying the penalty, for um, sacrificing, being the human sacrifice, the Lamb of God, for the taking away of our sins, Lord God. That was enough. That was enough to satisfy the the demands of sin. So, Lord God, we thank you for paying the price. We thank you, Lord God, that the price that we now need to pay that's required of us is to follow you. And I pray that you give us wisdom and courage and deliverance. um, Unlock us, release us from the holds, from the grip of the terrible one. You've given us power over all the power of the enemy by your word and through your spoken word. So give us that wisdom, eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive the revelation of your love and truth, that Satan will not be able to snatch these things from us, that we would open our mouths and speak the truth, Lord God. I thank you for giving us divine protection. You said no weapon formed against you will prosper, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, for the covering of, our, our, of, of all that pertains to us, our health and safety, our traveling, our vehicles, our finances, our family, Lord God, our relationships, that we would all rightly divide your holy word of truth, that we'd walk in the fullness of your freedom. And Lord, I thank you again for wisdom. You said if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. We need desperately your wisdom, your counsel, your direction for these very critical days. And Father, we thank you now in Jesus' name for these things. Amen. 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 Well, speaking of critical days, we're certainly in critical days mm-hmm. at this uh, at this juncture in history. Well, you know, it is talking about critical. I think the other side of critical is desperate, and desperation is really actually a good thing. Sometimes we can get so desperate and so overwhelmed that the the, the waves of of evil, wickedness, unjust, injustice have gone over our heads like a tsunami. But um, when a person personally gets desperate, there's two options, basically. Maybe there's more than two. But one is to panic and give up, to be afraid, to lay down and die. And the other one is to get up and be courageous and stand, and having done all to stand. Well, take a look at the picture here that's painted for us in Psalm 74. It really, (laughs) see, the Bible is more contemporary. It's more up-to-date than... You know, the newspaper. Than the, than the Internet. or the And it's not fake. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's true news. Um, it, it talks about, in, in Psalm 74, verse 3, lift up your feet to the perpetual desolations. The enemy has damaged everything in the sanctuary. Now think of the scenes that we've seen in our cities here in the United States in, in, in recent days yeah, and weeks. Yeah. The enemy has damaged everything in the sanctuary. Your enemies roar in the midst of your meeting place. So the roaring of enemies, destroying, looting, shooting, killing. They set up, and it's encouraged by our politicians, by the way. So they set up their banners for signs. Interesting. Mm-hmm. They set up their banners for signs that paint in the streets, right? 
and they seem like men who lift up axes among the thick trees. So they're ready to chop everything down. Chop everything down, Mm -hmm. and now they break down its carved work all at once with axes and hammers. We've seen literally those things happen. They have set fire to your sanctuary. They have defiled the dwelling place of your name to the ground. They said in their hearts, let us destroy them all together. They have burned up all the meeting places in the land. Of God in the land, And then it's interesting, um, uh, and then Psalm 83 Do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace. Do not be still, O God, for behold, your enemies make a tumult. Mm -hmm. And those who hate you. I mean, the Bible says in the last days there will be haters of God. And we we do have that very evident now. Absolutely. And those who hate you have lifted up their hand. They have taken crafty counsel against your people. They have consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, come, let us cut them off from being a nation. Whoa. That the name of Israel may be remembered no more. That's Psalm 83. We, we have the mm-hmm. cancel culture movement. And cut the goal, them off from the being goal a nation. of many of these mm-hmm. organizations yeah. is to totally cut us off from being a nation, to totally destroy the nation. So this is the atmosphere For in they which cons- we are have right consulted now. together with one consent. They form a confederacy against you. So, see, the thing is, this is not a new thing. This is was done back in the days of the psalmists and the prophets of old. But it's a, it's a, definitely a repeat of that. And what happened to bring the people to this desperate place was their neglect of, of, of God, of the things of God, of the fear of the Lord. They began to chase after the abominations of, of the wicked and the yeah. pagans. Yeah, and so this this type of violence and destruction comes as a result mm-hmm. of the people turning away from well, God. And, a lot and of it's people... interesting, let me just okay, say this, in Psalm 74, verse 9, it says, We do not see our signs, nor neither, excuse me here, we do not see our signs, there is no longer any prophet. You know, where are the true prophets of God speaking these days? Well, how do you uh, sort no, them out? There's many prophets, and there's some yeah, of them are but saying... who are the true prophets yeah, right. of God mm-hmm. that really have the word from the Lord? Nor is there any among us who knows how long. How long is this going to last, mm-hmm. right? How or when's is it going to change, or do we get yeah. back to oh, normal? Oh, God, mm-hmm. how long will the adversary reproach? Will the enemy blaspheme your name forever? Why do you withdraw your hand, even your right hand? Take it out of your bosom and destroy them. So there's a cry, for an God outcry to act. for God mm-hmm. to come and judge the uh, enemies, well, his we, enemies and the enemies of the people in yeah, the nation. Yeah, and in Psalm 88, we have a David crying out for many, many of the afflictions, uh, deepest afflictions, that when he was um, chased and attacked and assaulted. Uh, the song is the story of his is you know being chased and the cur- the courage that this man had to have the courage Moses had to have Noah to pursue God alone individually in the midst of the clamor of what Jerry just read about the you know those coming up against God with their signs and trying to dis- dissolve and destroy nations which you know really actually you can look at this what we're in right now as shocking as as it is and as quickly as it's come upon us. It really hasn't come upon us quickly. It's been gradually, gradually 
for many decades, and we've just been able to placate, pacify, ignore, deny, um, continue to frolic in the sun while Satan is behind the scenes stripping and ripping and and, and sacrificing blood to him through the deaths of unborn babies and things like that for a long time, for a long, long time. But anyway, not but anyway, um, crying out in desperate affliction in Psalm 88, um, verse 1, O Lord, God of my salvation, I have cried out day and night before you. My prayer comes before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to the grave. This man realized individually that he was dying. He was going to be pulled into the grave, into the pit, uh, living among the dead. And he was um, very downcast. He says, verse 14, Lord, why do you cast off my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? I have been afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. I suffer your terrors. I am distraught. Now, a lot of the things we're suffering from, we think, oh, is this God's judgment? This is God's judgment. Um, you know, yeah, you have your right to think that, and maybe it is, but it probably is more like the judgments that come upon us for using our free will to make stupid choices to go along with the lie, with bitterness, with injustice, with being persuaded by reason instead of truth, by be, being, uh, you know, um, afflicted because of our own of our own decisions. So we have to. One thing we do when we make a mistake is, number one, recognize it. Number two, if you're going down a wrong, wrong road or something, you need to, well, wait, wait, this isn't the right road. This doesn't look like the right road. I think we missed the turn back there. And you either have to turn around or, you know, um, relocate or something. Uh, but you have to turn around to get back. You have to go back to the right path. And that's where we, as, as a Christian nation or as Christians, in a nation, whatever you want to, how you want to put it, we have straight away we've drunk the Kool Aid as well as, uh, you know, we deny the the power of God. We don't have the same God in our, um, uh, you know, our culture that is the God of the Bible for the most part. Our God is just some other thing that we do on in church on Sunday, and now we're upset because we can't sing in church on Sunday. Or we can't, but you can still sing in your house. Why can't you praise God all the time? I mean, it's just like, okay, we have got to um, understand that we're under a fierce demonic attack. And these judgments and these consequences are the result of our choices that we gave and the agreements we made with the lie. You know, that it's okay to uh, look the other way. It's okay to break every rule God has given us. If you look at just the simple... Uh, counsel God gave uh, Adam and Eve in, in Genesis. Okay, he says, number one, he says, um, he made them male and female. Okay, there's a pretty clear directive. Male and female, period. Man and woman, period. Then he said, um, uh, eat the fruit I've given you. Eat from the, 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 the fruit, the seed, the fruit with the seed in it. We have missed out and disobeyed that commandment. He said, uh, don't cross the kinds. Uh, you know the the different kinds within the, and the species we have we have crossed uh, tomato seeds with fish etc and we've we've crossed and Satan crossed the kinds when he crossed human seed with fallen angel seed and we have the giants and the demons so those rules and we still do that today we're crossing kinds we have chimeras and we have clones and we have all kinds of things so we've messed with the DNA we've messed with splicing and all kinds of things we don't even have to get into right now 
just enough to know we did it. We have broken almost, and then he said, be fruitful and multiply. Okay, this is a, these are simple little things God told us to do. And what have we done? We've killed the the productivity, the you know, we've killed the babies. We've refused to have allowed them to enter into the planet. And you know what? We, it's like, okay, are we afraid for having done all these things? Are we at all afraid for having broken the most basic, basic of God's commandments? And basically, the Bible says... Um in Romans 3.10, I think, in Romans chapter 3, it talks about there is no fear of God before their eyes. Mm-hmm. There is there is basically zero fear of God, even among the church. Uh, well, respect yeah, and, for God, reverence for God, yeah, and, and because we, you see it by the lifestyles and by the teachings that, that there are that are contrary to God in so many ways. Well, and we see that as people progressed in this, uh, uh, down this road or this continuum back in the Old Testament, back in the history that we've been given, they get to this point where basically we are now. And we're not here to try to paint a real negative picture. We're here to just look real, you know, at the reality of what's going on. And so then we go to Psalm 89 where we said... Um, the, the the psalmist is saying, okay, I feel like I'm going to die, 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 die. I suffer your tears. I'm distraught. I don't know what I'm going to do. Now, this is as a nation, and this is also personally, and I believe we need to, first of all, take a, be accountable for personally what is going on in your life. We cannot change anything else uh, or convince anyone else of anything unless we personally are willing to cry out to God and repent ourselves. I was saying, he says, verse 1 of 89, of the mercies of the Lord forever with my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. Um, he says, your faithfulness also is in the congregation of the saints. God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence by all those around him. It, then he goes on to say in verse 11, the heavens are yours, God's. The earth also is yours. The world and all of its fullness, you have founded them. Think of it. This is all God's. This is God's creation. And Jesus tells a parable in Matthew that's very interesting, really a commentary on what is going on now and a commentary to, to remind people of who did what and who's, who started this and who made this and who it belongs to. So if you look in Mark chapter 20, verse um 30, 21, verse 33. I'm sorry, Matthew 21, 33. Okay, he says, um, he tells the story of the parable of the landowner. And Jesus came in the middle of one of these cycles of death and destruction. They were nearing the end of a cycle there, too. They had 70 more years, basically, before Jerusalem would be destroyed and overrun. They were at the end of a cycle of rebellion. And he warned them, and he told this, this parable. This, actually, this parable is told in all three of the Synoptic Gospels. He says, um, here another parable. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it and dug a wine press and built a tower, and he leased it out to vine dressers and went into a far country. Now, God made, a, made an earth. He planted it. He put the waters. He put the firmament. He put the, the sand, the seashores. He put, he, he built, he put the animals. He, he prepared this vineyard, a place where they could be industrious, where a place where they could garden, uh, make food, etc. He put a hedge around it. He put protection around it. He dug a wine press. He made every provision 
necessary for us to do well and live and thrive on this planet. He built a tower, a place of safety, a place of lookout. Then he leased it out to vine dressers. He gave this earth over to, he gave authority to the man and the woman. And they gave most of their authority, not all of it, uh, to the devil. But we don't have to. When Jesus came here, he says, I'm giving you authority back. I'm giving you back the power to to bind, to loose, to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers. Uh, but but so they these men that were uh, given the vine the the, the vineyard, um, they were assigned to take care of the master's things, the, the creator's things, God's things, the earth. We were given you know, administration abilities over it. So he sent his servants, and and and, and, he, and he sent his servants to the vine dresser. His servants, God sent his prophets. He sent his his um, word to the owners of the, the the caretakers of the vine vineyard that they might receive fruit. So God wants fruit. He wants praise. He wants righteousness, truth, justice, mercy to prevail on the earth. So he sent to receive that which is rightfully his because he's the owner of the, vine, of the vineyard. And the vine dressers took his servants, the prophets, and they beat one, killed one, and stoned another. And he sent another some other servants, more than the first, and they did like we said, all through the generations, God has brought prophets and uh, to teach, to share, to lead, to guide. He's, he's given them leaders to do that, which is, and from time to time, they had righteous kings. They had people who chose to do God's will and fear the Lord. Okay, then at last, the last of, of all, he sent his son to them, and he said, they will respect my son. That's Jesus talking. He's the son that was sent the son of the vine dresser, or the son of the creator, the the vineyard vineyard's creator, and when the vine dressers saw that the the son, they said, "Oh, among themselves, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance." As if after you kill the son, you're going to inherit his inheritance. You think the the one who the father is going to give you the inheritance for killing his son? I don't think so. Therefore, the owner of the vineyard comes. And says, what will I do with these vine dressers? The owner shows up. The owner is about to show up. Okay. We are again at the end of another cycle. There's been many cycles of earth, calamity, destruction, desperation, wickedness, injustice, crushing, uh, usurping power, uh, destroying, killing for, for the sake of control. Many cycles the earth has gone through. And we're at the end of another one. And he said, what will this owner do? Verse 41, he will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease the vineyard out to vine dressers who will render to him the fruits in their seasons. And Jesus said, did you never read what the scriptures said? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doings, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruit of it. And whoever falls on this stone, it will he will be broken, but whoever uh, fall, but on, but but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. So you have an option: you can either bow to the Lord and be broken in in the attitude and the pride and the self righteousness that's so innate to us who live in this world through the tempter, or we can allow God to um, to deliver us from that, or we will be crushed by this thing. There is there are only two kingdoms. 
and you don't have one, I don't have one. We will all give an answer to the Lord someday. And the question is, what will that answer be? Yeah, what will the answer be? And, you know, there's uh, someone wrote a book, I think it was Francis Schaeffer many, many years ago, called How Shall We Then Live? So we're in the midst of this this evil, overwhelming chaos mm-hmm. right now where where every social structure is being attacked and, and to, to society as, as we know it is, is in the point where it is it seems rapidly disintegrating, okay, because of fear, because of um, disease or myths about disease yeah. and because of the violence of these uh, horrible, violent, vicious, uh, evil organizations that are just given free reign well, it's just the by governors kingdom, yeah. and mayors and yeah. so forth. So, so we're in this, okay, we're in this world. Okay, we're in this world. We're not of this world. So for us, the for question we who becomes, are a believer, what, what, yeah, what, what do we do? The question becomes, verse 50 of Isaiah chapter 50, verse 10, who among you fears the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Who walks in darkness and has no light? Let him trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon his God. He says, then he goes on, Look, all you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves with sparks, walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks you have kindled. This you shall have from my hand. You shall go lie down in torment. If you're going to light your own fire and, and be your own light and carry on in the midst of your own fire, your own warmth, your own revelations and enlightenments, you're going to lie down in torment. But who among you, who among us fears the Lord? I believe we're in a place now where the only logical, legitimate, helpful thing we can do is actually fall on our knees and repent. We've never been in a place, we have never been in a place like this before, but the earth has. So how do we respond? You know, we have responded by denying, by ignoring, by getting mad. But is that working? Um, Some people even, you know, use their voice to curse God and give up. We've seen it, as Jerry read earlier, the churches are burned and... um, there's assassins in the services. Um, but is this God's judgment or is this the consequence of our own actions or denial or, or, or is it the devil judging us for following him? God's judgments, I believe, personally, are only going to be uh, administered when we start seeing the rocks fall on us and the, the asteroids hitting us and the tsunamis and the earthquakes and the violent shaking. Jesus said, God said, the prophets said, everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken. And so when we look historically, Old Testament, whenever the nation of Israel deliberately turned away from the Lord, so the thing is, you know, he says, basically, follow me. And they said, well, here's kind of the synopsis. God says, I've chosen you to be my people, follow me. And they said, yeah, we'll follow you. What happens then? But they would follow, they would mingle with the idolatry mm-hmm. of the nations around Little by them. little. Little by little, gradual, the frog in the kettle getting mm-hmm. cooked. And, and then finally, God would send prophets rising up early and sending. So day by day, he would send prophets to speak, to warn, to counsel, because he loved his inheritance. And they said, no, we're not going to do it. We're not going to obey you. They would kill the prophets. They persecuted the prophets, killed the prophets. And then what happened is that God would bring enemies, foreign enemies, to in their midst to, yeah. to destroy everything they had. 
So, so, and then, and then they would be carried away captive Mm -hmm. and then in God's mercy, they would be released from captivity, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. So, but we're at the place right now where where the enemies are roaring in our midst. And I believe we brought this on ourselves. Well, I don't know if we brought it on ourselves. I think Satan brought it on us. Well, yeah, because we have listened to -hmm. the enemy. We have followed Mm -hmm. the enemy. We followed the lies of the enemy for so long at so many levels. Yeah. But, but the bottom line, simple level, is fear. We have chosen to fear, and now we're afraid. We've chosen to fear what people think, what people say. Uh, we've been afraid to stand up for God, afraid to stand up for the truth, afraid to speak up, to say, oh, uh, this is enough. Um, we have been placed, uh, you know, uh, censored in so many ways um, and taken in our positions uh, have been taken from us. So now it says in Psalm 89, God is to be greatly feared in the assembly of the saints, but is he, or is it Satan who we now fear? We fear what will happen, what people will say or do to us because we no longer fear God. So you have an option. You can either fear God or fear Satan. And ultimately Satan loses. Satan has been thrown and will be cast into the lake of fire forever. And unfortunately, tragically, even incomprehensibly, many people who reject God's counsel, God's truth, God's salvation, God's, God's word, will be thrown into that place with Satan forever. And there's no turning back. And some of these people already appear to us to have no, there's no reasoning, there's no, no recognition, no ability to be saved or repent with them, but not so with us. We can still repent. We can still turn around. We can still cry out to God. It says righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before you. So God is still with us. He is, um, O Lord of hosts, who is mighty like you, Lord? Your faithfulness also surrounds you. You rule the raging seas, the waves, and and you still them. He's, He's saying the heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all of its fullness God is still actually in control, even though he does, it does not appear at this point of fury and onslaught that God is in control, but he is in control, and we need to go back to recognizing who he is and that he still wants us safe and protected. He said to many people, come, enter into your chambers for a short while to be protected from the wrath to come. He says he's not appointed us unto wrath, but unto salvation. Yeah, and so when many are standing down and letting the uh, mobs rule, so to speak, um, it's only temporary. It's only temporary. Mm-hmm. But but here's the deal, and, and, and even when many in the church are just standing down, we're hiding behind our masks, uh, literally um, w- standing up right now. Okay, what does that look called, like? Okay, what does look, it look like yeah, for right. us to be standing strong? Okay, let's look at in that. This, in this because day. we've got enough of a negative picture here. Right, we all yeah. know this. We've, we're, so, we're, so the battle is the Lord's, right? Right, amen. It's a spiritual warfare. It's a mm-hmm. spiritual battle. It's not flesh and blood. But what does it look like for us to 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 stand, stand up and in having these done days? all the stand? Now, there's there's we're mm-hmm. at the place too where there's a lot of battles we could run into. Okay, and a fight. lot of fights. <laughs> yeah. So so really, by God's grace through the Spirit of God. We have to pick our battles, but what what are, are the battles that we need to be picking? Okay, well, at this, what, at this point, what I I see the first battle we need to win is the battle over our own minds and hearts. By walking in the spirit, your soul, mind, will, and emotions are going to be freaking out. 
oh no, what if I can't? Anxiety is running rampant, fear, sickness, disease, uh, financial issues and ruins, uh, intrepidation about the future. It, it, it'll take over your mind. It'll take over your. It'll actually paralyze you to the point where you can't do anything, or you feel like nobody's going to listen to you. You're only one person. It doesn't. You don't count. You don't matter. Um, what's the difference? It's too late now. All of these things can rush, rush through our minds, but that's not who you are. You're the son or daughter of the Most High God. You are made in the image of God. God is totally aware of every hair on your head, and, and these battles are you know, already won in him. So the thing is, we need to be rest in him, be secure in him. I believe the first thing we need to do is win the battle over our time. What are we going to do with our time? Are we going to spend our time running around trying to feel good, feel better? Or are we going to spend our time in the Word of God, anchoring ourselves in the Word of God? Are we going to spend our time blasting people on Facebook or trying to convert people on Facebook or whatever you're trying to do over there? I mean, if you're called to do that, do that with the Spirit of God, not with your own uh, you know, spirit of, of frustration or anger or aggression. Okay, so what does God wants, first of all, my house, my body, soul, spirit, my mouth, my mind, my words, to be under his complete control and jurisdiction. We surrender, submit. Whatever situation you're in right now, whether you're sick, looking, facing cancer or death or poverty or whatever you're facing or witchcraft against you, your job, your family, a rebellion in the children, all of these problems have been set up for one purpose, and that is to destroy you, separate you from God. But Romans 8 says, what can separate me from the love of God? Can uh, life or death or, or hell or angels, nothing can separate us from the love of God except one thing that is not in that list. I mean, he's got everything in the list. Let me read it to you. It's Romans. Hold on. i got to find my Romans. 8, I think it's the end of the chapter. Um, he says, what can separate me? From the love of God. Here we go. Um, For what shall we say, verse 31, what shall we say to these things, all these things, death, poverty, you know, loss of income, loss of family, injustices, big time. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? See, God is criticized for, 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 for allowing Jesus Christ, his son, to die on the cross. And they're saying, what kind of a cruel, wicked God could do that? But God is so aware of the d- desperate situation that we are in that he and Jesus were both willing to do what they both agreed to do to pay the price for us, to redeem us, ransom, rescue us from the grip of Satan legally. They, they were doing it legal. Satan has been illegal since the beginning. Therefore, he loses. But he says, um, uh, How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? For who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. It doesn't matter what the witchcraft, the trial, the judge, the circuit judge, the Supreme Court. It doesn't matter what they say, in a way, because God has the final. They may condemn, they may lock up in prison the, in, the uh, innocent, but God has the final word. 
It is Christ who died and furthermore is risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. You have an advocate. If you can't afford an attorney, you have Jesus Christ. He is your advocate. He stands at the right hand of the Father. You need to go to the court of heaven. It is the only place you're going to get justice. And the only way you get into the court of heaven is to bring your case and present it to the judge and not hold on to it yourself and try to judge it yourself and stay mad at them yourself. You say, Lord, this is your your judgment, your problem. They're yours. I'm going to let go. I'm going to forgive. Forgive means you release it to God for judgment. I'm going to forgive them and let you deal with it. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? Well, there it is. That's a whole list. Nothing, he says, these things are not able to separate us from God. Yes, we think they can. Yes, they appear to. And yes, they do. But not for those who know the truth that nothing can separate us from the love of God. As it is written, for your sakes, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. He's saying, this is par for the course. Those who follow Jesus are going to be persecuted. The servants who were sent to collect for the owner were, were stripped and beaten and sent away naked in Matthew. You are, in, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Does it look like that? No. Do you go with what it looks like? No. You go with what God says. In his word, God says he will never leave us or forsake us. He says what can separate us from his love? For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor, th- nor height nor death, the things that are done in the mountains, the things that are done under the earth, nothing, there, neither, nor any created thing. I don't care if they're giants or cyclops or, or, or super, supersized soldiers. I don't care. Nothing. No created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, we need to know in our lives, in our minds, in our mouths, that God is with us. We are with him. We are surrendered to him. He is committed to keeping us. Psalm 27, uh, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Mm -hmm. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies, my foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, and this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my, my life, life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Mm-hmm. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, mm-hmm. in the secret place of his tabernacle. He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. So the destination for all of us is the kingdom of God, being part of that kingdom forever. And to know now that, number one, so the steps, what do we do? First of all, we have to receive the revelation of truth of Jesus Christ, that we have been deceived, we have went the wrong way, we've we believed lies, we've came into agreement with fear, not fear of God, but fear of, of Satan, fear of man. We, rep- we receive the revelation of that. Number two, we repent of that. We turn away from that. We also confess our sins. The, the, you know, the, we're all up in, up in arms about things like people's lives being snuffed out. But nobody is up in arms about the millions of babies whose lives have been snuffed out. Well, some are. I'm not saying nobody has. But they can't breathe. They couldn't breathe. God hears that. God knows that. God sees everyone, everyone. So we repent of our participation in those things, knowingly and unknowingly. We, you know, if Jesus says, if you're not... If you're not with me or against me, he says, resist the devil and he'll flee. You have to speak up. You have to speak out. Your words have death and life. It, you know, don't, you cannot be the silent majority, my, yeah, majority anymore. You have to be a, uh, a, a spoken, a, 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 
minority. We're in the minority, and but we must, our words, death and life in the power of the tongue. We cr- we actually curse ourselves most of the time. Oh, what a terrible day. Oh, I had a terrible day. Oh, never, nothing's going right. Oh, you know, mumble, mumble, murmur, murmur, complain, complain. Oh, you're just, you're creating the mess you're trying to get out of by using those kinds of words against you. You actually give those words to Satan and he uses them like blades and arrows to stab you, to get back at you. You have, so we, number one, we receive the revelation of that, of the truth through the word of God, through the Holy Spirit showing you. Number two, you repent. Use your words to repent, to make things right between you and God, to ask God for forgiveness, to confess your sins, um, and, and to ask him for mercy. And then after that, you can rest in that fullness and rejoice and know the truth that God has got this. He's a shelter for us. We are not defeated. We will end up in the house of the Lord, you know, and through all of this crazy, crazy, we may not physically survive all of this, but we will survive eternally if we choose now to follow Jesus and walk in that truth and not turn to the right or left, not be persuaded by the arguments of Satan because they're, they're, they're incomplete arguments, they're circular reasoning, and now, you know, you can't even reason with the enemy anymore. I mean, it's just there's no even logic to working with him. The declaration of Psalm 68, verse 1, is very pertinent for us right now. Let God arise. Mm-hmm. Let his enemies be scattered let those who hate him flee before him. Hallelujah. <clears throat> this is going to, we're going to see this now. You have to, you know, kind of like in a way fasten your seatbelt because we are, the, the, Jesus Christ is coming back very soon. And for those of, of us who know him and are ready to receive the rescue, so to speak, there is. Uh, according to the word of God, two or three places where Jesus Christ or the apostles talk, or Paul, the various ones, talk about being snatched away in the twinkling of an eye uh, at the sound of, uh, at the trump of God, at the last trump. There is some sort of phenomenon that is going to happen. We Some people call it the rapture, where we're going to be, uh, harpazio, Greek word means to be snatched away, violently snatched away from evil. So there's going to be a quick, sudden snatching away, according to the Bible. Now people say, well, that's, you know, I don't believe in the rapture. I don't care what we believe. You don't have to believe in airplanes. I don't care what you... It, it, the thing is... It doesn't matter what we believe. It believes what God says yes. and a right interpretation of it. And now, so the thing is, we I think we can talk more about that next time, but we have to know that God is also a plan, a, a, pl- a plan for us. Strength, grace to get it, get through your day with peace, without fear. When you face something that's bigger than you, which is almost all the time, every day, and even the things we take for granted are bigger than us. What if you couldn't breathe anymore? What if you couldn't... Uh, see anymore? What if you couldn't walk anymore? These things are we take for granted, but we 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 must know that God is the one who gives us the strength, the supply, the rescue, the open door. Jesus is the way, and we the problems, problems, problems are His, and He has permitted them because of uh, maybe the consequences of our choices, maybe because of generational sin, maybe because of unconfessed sin, maybe because Satan is just wanting to attack you. I don't know. But but God has the solution to the problem, but you need to know that. You can say this every morning when you get up. You can say this in the middle of the day. You can say this when you go to bed. God, this is not my problem. I'm following you. This is your problem. You figure it out. I will follow you. 
God, I can't do this. God, thank you for the Holy Spirit. You've given me grace and strength and wisdom to get through this. And you see when you start to talk to God like that, God, this is your problem. God, I can't do this. God, thank you. I'll follow you. Just show me what to do. God, give me your wisdom. You involve God in every, 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 everything, everything. Things start to make sense and, and go better. And you see yourself being rescued from various situations that you didn't know how to get out of before. So, Lord, we just thank you so much for your great love for us, your protection in the midst of evil. I pray that you'd help us to speak forth your word, that we will hear your voice. We've got to hear from you. And as we're sheep, you said, as your sheep, you said, we do hear your voice. And I pray that we would hear clearly in these days. Every, the hearing is critically uh, important, the doing of what we hear. And we trust you, Lord God. Yes, we trust you as the good shepherd. You are the shepherd of the sheep. We belong to you. You know us. You've made us. You love us. You've promised to keep us, never leave us or forsake us, that nothing can separate us from your love except the lies that we might believe. So teach us not to walk in your truth, for the truth is what you've decided and declared would set us free. So we thank you for your truth. We thank you that this situation out there right now with whatever and whoever your people are going through, you are very, very with them, very much in the midst of everything. Let them know that and let them have peace. Let them settle down. Let them not freak out and panic. Let them not reach for a false comfort, Lord God, but let them reach for the comfort of your word, your truth, your power, your promise, and your goodness, your justice. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Rescue Radio. Because there's a war for your soul.